Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In the House with Jared is brought to you by Universal Roof and Contracting. Our Ask the Experts weekend continues within the House with Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement in general, call 340 1045. Jared at Universal Roof and Contracting is ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hello and welcome. That's right. In the house, your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Hi, my name is Jared Malik. I own a business that's called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, we help people with their roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend, uh, come in and answer your home improvement questions. Would love for you to be a part of the show. Uh, number to dial here, uh, as you just heard, is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045, 340-1045 is the number to dial. Uh, or if you're shy, don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, you just want to email me a question, uh, you can do that, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. This show is all about home improvement and construction. Now, throughout the week, I uh, primarily do roofing, siding, and windows, but actually every weekend I answer really any type of home improvement question is okay with me. I've been a, a general contractor uh, most of my life. Uh, I um, uh, worked with my dad uh, growing up. My dad was a custom home builder when I was growing up. And then uh, this business, uh, Universal Roofing Contracting, my dad and I uh, started together in 1993. I have been uh, in construction a, a long time. And uh, have actually focused uh, in the past on a lot of other different types of construction. In fact, we have a commercial division that does uh, really any type of construction, whether it's uh, uh, ground up, uh, tenant improvement, a uh, lot of uh, GC-related stuff. Uh, residentially, uh, I just uh, focus on roofing, siding, and windows. But any type of home improvement question is really okay with me. If you're thinking about doing a remodel or an addition and you want to know which one you should tackle first, you know, which one pays off more, which do you get the highest return on investment of, uh, maybe you're thinking about um, uh, replacing some flooring and you want to know the difference between engineered wood or hardwood or laminate, uh, maybe you're thinking about um, uh, doing uh, some sort of siding project and you want to know uh, what's the difference between T111 and, and uh, hardy board or vinyl and what's better, uh, you know, really anything having to do with home improvement, uh, try my best to answer those questions. Again, the number to dial 340-1045, 340-1045. have some stuff on my talk agenda to get to as well. Um, the uh, Some specials that we're having within our business, some things upcoming, uh, and more information on our website, inthehouseshow.com. Uh, so all kinds of stuff to get to on today's show. But the best part is not me, let's face it. Uh, it is you, our great listener. I'd love for you to be a part of the show. 
I think we have the best listeners here uh, on uh, uh, News 104.5 WOKV. Uh, some very smart, intelligent listeners would love to chat with you guys today. Again, uh, the number 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Okay. I'm going to start out here with an email question. Uh, this actually comes to us last week. I didn't have a chance to get to it. Um, so I'm going to read it and then answer it. So it says, I really want to do a uh, go to courts uh, as the kitchen in my last project. What are your thoughts on quartz countertops versus granite? Uh, thanks, Ryan. Okay, so... I like quartz countertops. Um, uh, there's, um, uh, and they've come a long way. Like, uh, originally when some of the, you know, composite or simulated uh, materials of countertops came out, they were trying to, uh, simulate what granite, uh, would look like and and they didn't necessarily do that great of a job uh the you know very speckly and and didn't have some of the natural movements uh that uh that granite uh would and uh, but over the last number of years with the computerization of the manufacturing process uh they've just done a much better job and so uh when I remodeled my kitchen a couple years ago uh, we had ended up going back with quartz. Uh, the good thing about quartz is that you do not have to um, uh, reseal it the same way that you do with granite. Now, uh, with granite, there's a, there's been a lot of advances in in granite and and the sealants, uh, especially. In fact, there are some manufacturers of sealants that do give a lifetime warranty on them, saying that you don't have to resurface or or reseal them. Uh, but um, I think a lot of it is going to be a preference. Um, uh, if you go to a lot of the the granite or countertop uh, places they're going to have uh, both the quartz and the the granite with a bunch of different styles and then you just choose what's uh, what's best for you it's going to be a, uh, a really a uh, you know a preference uh, primarily in aesthetics uh, but um, I personally like quartz if you uh, if you were to come to my house, you would notice that uh, um, I've remodeled uh, uh, the bathroom, one bathroom and the kitchen, and I have quartz in uh, both of those areas. So uh, I'm, I personally would be a big fan of quartz. But uh, we just did a project not that long ago, a couple, um, not that long ago, uh, where um, uh, we used some granite uh, in that uh, project, and it turned out gorgeous. So. Uh, Primarily, it's going to be your preference. So thank you for that email question. Uh, do appreciate it. All right, let's go to Ivan in Mandarin. Ivan, you're in the house. How can we help you? Yeah, how you doing? I've got two questions for you. Um, sure. The first question is, basically, uh, what's a better window, a Simonton window or an all-side window? Well, I, I would probably choose option three. Um, so, uh, so Simonton and Allside, they're both going to be, um, uh, you know, vinyl windows. Um, right. That's what both of those are going to be. Uh, um, uh, I personally would prefer, you know, Renewal by Anderson, which is a Fibrex window. Is this for is this for new construction or is it an existing? No, home? no, it's an old. It's a 1982. It's a, it's got T111 with the overlap siding as well, whatever you call that stuff. You know, yeah. the stuff that overlaps on the side. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. So I. And it's got the cedar. It's got the cedar. Uh, is that cedar trim around the windows as well? 
Yeah, usually, yeah, yeah, T111, and then a lot of times, I mean, we see typically here where it's going to uh, stop. There's going to be a cedar trim that goes around. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I personally uh, like f Fibrex, which is a, a composite material that's made by Anderson. Uh, I like that over vinyl personally. Okay, so. well, let me ask you this question. A lot of the people, they just want to, uh, they don't want to take the siding off the side of the windows. You know, there's trim that goes around the windows. They want to just break them, obviously, and break them in and stick them in, and then they, they caulk around them. Is that a correct way to do it? Yeah, it's called an insert window is is right. one of the options. Um, the if you if you take a photo of the transit of the window and email it to me, I can tell you whether or not it'll work in your scenario. One of the okay. things that that we really look at when repl with replacement windows is you look at where is the water going to go. Now, many times what you can do is you can do an insert window, get it recessed back enough, do a piece of flashing at the transition where you can still get it to waterproof and not affect the um, the siding. And then there's many other times where you have to completely remove that trim and then do a, a nail flange all the way around and get that um, you know get the the waterproofing back inside the opening so there's times where I'm okay with either one it's going to depend on how the trim transitions um, right. and and a lot of times though window window guys window installers are not necessarily good with siding um, and so with us you know we we install siding and we install windows. So right. therefore, you know, with us, it's not a big deal. So we look at whatever the best option is. The other thing that you have to be concerned about when you do just an insert in that application is that you're going to be losing glass. Um, uh, uh, do you have aluminum windows now? Uh, they're, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're aluminum. Yes. They're, uh, uh, I forget the name of them. Uh, I remember the name, but I can't remember, but they're um, they're from 1982. The original windows. Okay, so with with the aluminum window, it, it's going to have a small frame. So if you look at it, you're you, when you look at the opening of the window, you have a lot of glass. Almost that whole opening is glass. Well, with vinyl, right. the frame is thicker, so you're automatically going to lose some glass. And then if you do the insert window, you're going to lose even more glass because it has to go on the inside of what is of what is there and existing. So I gotcha. So you're going to lose quite a bit of glass if you do an insert vinyl window in that application. And so if it's a big window, it doesn't really matter. But if it's a, if it's a small window anyways, then, then a lot of times we would recommend doing you know, what's called a full frame, um, right. meaning that you, you actually do a new nailing flange. You completely remove the window that is existing. You remove the siding trim, and then you do new waterproofing that, tra that transitions it. So I – I would recommend that you at least get a quote from Renewal by Anderson. I, th they're, you know, they're not cheap, but they are by far the best. Um, I so thought I, Anderson just did wood windows because I'm from up north, Philly way. Um, down here, they do. They, I thought they did like a a, a, a wood frame window with a coating on it or something. They used to do it. They don't do that anymore. No, Anderson invented um, a, a 25 years ago. Anderson invented a material called Fibrex. And it's a composite material that um, that you, where you get the look of wood, but it's it's doesn't rot the way that wood does. And what Anderson did is they realized that okay, wood windows are the best, are the strongest, except they rot. And so they set out to invent a wood window that didn't rot, and and they did it. It's a material called Fibrex, and it's Renewal by Anderson.
Okay. And let so, me ask you one question. All windows that are put in, in in Florida have to be hurricane uh, up to hurricane specs, right? Is that correct? The glass? No, that's not true. So no, there's not true. No, there's there's impact windows, which if you're within a certain um, uh, there's wind areas here in Florida. So there's a whole wind map on what wind ratings and what DP design pressure ratings are designed for each individual area. And, and so um, so, no, it's and impact glass means uh, um well, I don't want to get too uh, too technical into it. Well, you it, mean like if, if you had a kitchen window was lowered, it was below like knee level where it would be an impact where a child couldn't run into it and break through it. Is that what you mean by that when you say impact class? No, that's tempered. So tempered oh, is different okay. than impact, yeah. So the um, – okay. Yeah, so there are – so what you would do is you would look at your specific address. So whatever right. window installer you end up using, they would look at your specific address, and then there would be specific design pressures for for exactly your area, and then you have to use that design pressure. I and so, um, so no, you don't – it's not the same requirements in Miami that it is here. It's not the same requirements even along the coast as it is inland from the coast. So there's specific requirements for your – area so all right all right i appreciate it i'll, I'll uh, shoot your photo of the window uh and then you can tell me whether the insert window is that what you call it an insert when it insert when just yep. crush it down they drop it break it down and put it in there whether, whether it would work in my in my instance i appreciate that thank yep. you so and much if you want the number for renewal by anderson their number is 222-8064 uh, again okay. 222-8064 yeah, I can look that up. I'll just look up Renewal by Anderson on the internet and Google. I'm sure it'll pop up. Yep, they will. And then if you okay. if you go to questions, if you want to send me that photo, it's questions at, at universalroofjacks.com. All right. Yeah, I listen to you all the time. It's a good show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Number to dial uh, is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. Do I have time to take one more caller before I take a break? All right. Let's go to Ed in Orange Park. Ed, you're in the house. How can we help you? Yeah. Um, I have a, a back patio porch roof that's leaking. I wanted to ask you a couple questions about it. Sure. Let's do it. Okay, what, what, the house was built in 1977. It's a, it's got a very big porch on the back. It's about 22, 24 feet long, and it's about 14 feet wide. Okay. It, the, the roof was put in using, it looks like insulated aluminum panels. And the way it was put in is that there's a track around the trim, and it looks like each roof section was slid in. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the roof, where the uh, where the eaves meet, um, the roof is pulling away from the eaves, and it's it's leaking, mm-hmm. and it's causing you know parts of the roof to rot. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get someone to come out. You know, I want to get it repaired rather than replaced because it doesn't look like the quality today is as good as it was back then. So I'm trying to just get it repaired. You have any thoughts on that? Sure. So when you look at, um, so when you go underneath, it, you see aluminum panels, and then when you go up top, you see alu- the alum- the other side of the aluminum panel, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And, and then and the seams. Hold on. Hold on one second. The seams are they are the seams in the panel every twelve inches or every four feet? I would say every four feet, probably. Okay. I, I really can't tell, 
Um, this is at my house in Palm Coast. Okay. Um, but I will tell you this. It is pulling away from the eaves so much. This is so bad that I that I had to put a gutter on the inside to catch the water, and then I just dump it in a barrel. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So um, I have about 30 seconds before I take a break, and I don't think I'm going to be able to finish answering the question in that amount of time frame. So, Ed, I want to chat about this with you. So hold on one second, and we'll finish this right after, right after uh, this break. So you're listening to In the House. If you want to call with your home improvement questions, 340-1045. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back. In the house, your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Number to dial 340-1045. My name is Jared Mellick. I own a business, uh, Universal Roof and Contracting, and every week come in and answer your home improvement questions. Love for you to be a part of it. All right, before the break, uh, we were talking to Ed in uh, Orange Park, and uh, Ed has a patio roof uh, that is separating and um, it's an aluminum patio roof. It's separating and allowing water to come in. We didn't have time to finish it, but welcome back to the show, Ed. So, Thank you, sir. Um, so the, the, there's really a couple things here. That, um, to make sure that I understand, when you look at the, uh, the patio roof from underneath, it's kind of complete flat, completely flat with a seam every so often. And then if you go up top, it's the same thing. It's kind of flat with a seam every so often. Well, really, it's more slightly corrugated a little bit. You know, this roof was built in 1977. Okay. The only place it's leaking is on one side where it meets the house. It's pulling away from the trim work. And, um, you know, it's been going on so long. Of course, the the, the space is getting, getting wider and wider. And, um, of course, it's damaging the wood. I, I pretty much know what, what has to be done to repair it. You know, that one section, I think you mentioned it was probably four feet wide and however many feet long, would have to be disengaged from the roof and slid out, and then some of the wood, you know, trim repaired, and then that put back in, and then flashing maybe put under the shingle so water didn't get in again. I mean, that to me seems like the way it yeah. would be prepared. Yeah, the the reason why I'm I'm focusing so much on the size of the of the panels is because it's the difference between the two different types of panels. So with the when there's a seam every twelve inches, it's it's what's called a regular pan roof. Usually has a raised ribbed section every twelve inches on the top. It's flat on the bottom, but every twelve inches or so, sometimes eighteen inches at the top, there's a raised panel that actually comes up about an inch and a half. That is waterproof different than a second type of panel which is called an elite panel. An elite panel has a seam usually every three to four feet, and it's smooth on the bottom and smooth on the top. It doesn't have a raised rib. And so right. how you waterproof those two is different. That's why I was so focused on the, on the size and the, and the raising of the panel. You are right. correct that the reattaching of it, that portion of it, is the same either way. There's what's called a C flashing, which is basically it's, you know, it's shaped like a C, and uh, what happens is is that is anchored to the fascia or to the wall, and then the panels slide into that. That's the same no matter what type of panel it is. So if there is rotted fascia there, rotted wood along the edge, you got to remove uh, that, uh, slide out the panel, 
remove that C panel, replace any flashing that goes in uh, or any bad wood that's there, reattach the C and then reattach the panels to it. Then it is very important to do new flashing that goes at the transition. It's important that you get the flashing that goes out onto the, uh, the, the patio panels a minimum of 12 inches and then goes up underneath of the shingles a minimum right. of 12 inches. So that, that way it just ties those two pieces together. Uh, and then I personally like there's a material called Hydrostop. And a material or a material called Geico, those two are waterproofing uh, materials that can be used really well uh, on these aluminum patio covers. So those two are the are, are I think the best waterproofing materials for those. Thanks, Ed, for your for your call. I apologize. I've got to go here to a I've got a hard break here to news, uh, but really do appreciate your call. Good luck with that project. Uh, if there's anything else we can do, let us know. Number to dial here three four zero one zero four five. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Lisa has a crack on the side of her house. Anita has a, uh, talks about layers of the roof, and then Jax has an addition. Que- or sorry, Tim has an addition question. Lots of stuff to get to. You're in the house. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, welcome back in the house. Your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Any type of home improvement question is okay with me. I own Universal Roof and Contracting, help people with roofing, siding, and windows. But I'm a GC, and so I've hosted a home improvement radio show for about 18 years now, so I can answer all types of home improvement questions. I don't know everything. As if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that. Uh, but I'll try my best with uh, with most any question. All right, let's go to Lisa. Lisa, you're in the house. How can I help you? Jared, I own a house in Howland Hills, and it was built in 2003. But it has a crack on the side of the. It's a block house. It has a crack on the side of the uh, of the house from the bottom to the from the top to the bottom mm-hmm. and it looks like stair like a stairway the yeah. way that the uh, crack is so is that is that like a structure damage or is that something uh, sort of like a sinkhole um, well it, it could be it could be minor and it could be major. You know, you don't really know until you know whether or not it continues to get worse. Okay. So, I mean, the thing is, is that we are built on sand here in Florida, and we know that you know that houses settle over time, and so mm-hmm. it could be a very minor issue or it could be major. You, cracks on the exterior, though, you don't want to just let go because that is an opening where wind-driven rain can actually blow in. So what? Mm-hmm. What I recommend that you do is take some sort of measuring tool, um, uh, like whether it's a tape measure, you use something for reference, and then you take photos of of the crack area, mm-hmm. and so that that way you have a record as to what exactly the crack looks like with something to be used as a reference point, and okay. then... And then you seal that crack. You use caulking or patching compound, and you seal that crack so that that way water intrusion doesn't come in. And then if it comes back, then that's when I would start to be concerned. But how how thick? I did did do – I I caulked it in, uh, but it's it's on the side of the garage, so it's inside and outside on that wall. That crack Um, is on both sides. So when did you first notice it? Uh, like, uh, I must say like four years ago. Okay. Has it gotten any worse or no? 
no. Okay. I, mean, I haven't been there in the last past three years. I have tenants there, but I'm going to go there in a couple months, and I'll, that's one of the things I want to do, check it out and see if it's got worse or if it's still the same. If it hasn't gotten any worse, then I wouldn't be concerned at all. Okay. Uh, you should go ahead and seal the inside and outside. But um, if you go back there and it's and it's back or it's worse, then I would get concerned. And then you may want to have a contractor or a structural engineer come look at it to make sure that it's not a larger issue. Okay. Thank you so very much. Thanks, thanks, Lisa. Appreciate okay. your call. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Anita in Mandarin. Anita, you're in the house. How can I help you? Anita, are you there? Um, it was damaged during the, the storm. And um, so insurance is, is willing to cover it. They've been out and inspected it. I've had different um, opinions from roofers who tell me that they charge more because they're putting on more layers. And I've put on roofs before. I've never had to deal with layers. What, what are the layers and does it really make a difference and is it worth the extra money? Sure. So you're saying that there's multi. Sorry, the, you're, you were cutting out the first part of the the, um, the question. So to make sure that I understand, your your current roof has multiple layers on it. Uh, insurance companies paying to replace it, but people are charging you more because it has the additional layers. Is that is no. that right? No, okay. it doesn't. I, I don't know if it has layers on it now or not. I'm just. I just know that we the different people that have come out to see it to give estimates or even over the phone, say they don't want to deal with the insurance company because they put more layers on than the average roofer. So I've never, I've had roofs done before um, on a different home, and I've never even dealt with layers before. How many layers is normal? Does it make a difference to have more layers? Is it worth the extra expense? Huh. Well, uh, we deal with insurance companies every day, and so the insurance company wouldn't require – my experience is, is that the insurance company wouldn't require anything different than what the building department does. So it, it doesn't concern me about dealing with insurance companies and that whole process. And so there are certain things that we, that we require of our people that are, that are – um, additional layers than what the insurance company or what the building department does. So, for example, we know that valleys, valleys are very susceptible areas for leakage. So we actually add an additional layer that is not in the building code and not in the um, in the manufacturer requirements uh, and not something that the insurance company does because we found that that's the right way to do it because all the water runs to the valleys. So I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know the additional layers that you're talking about. There's no concern that I have in regards to dealing with the insurance company versus not. Um, so have you have you called us yet? No, I have not. Um, we're still waiting for the insurance company to give us a list of people that they've dealt with before. Okay. So, um, um, what insurance company is it? Uh, I don't know. I, okay. I, my husband is handling handling okay. that. So if if you want uh, my business, Universal Roofing Contracting, um, uh, our phone number is six four seven thirty nine zero seven, and mm-hmm. we've we've dealt with most insurance companies. I can't imagine this would be an insurance company that we haven't dealt with in the past. And we have we have people in our office who their their only job is to deal with insurance companies. That's what they literally do day in and day out. Uh, we have people that specialize in it, and so. Um, uh, so if you want, uh, give us a call. I'm sure we can help you with it. 
uh, and walk you through the entire process. It is true that the process of dealing with insurance companies when they're involved is different. There's special requirements that, that they have for paperwork. There's special requirements that they have in regards to notification and what you have to do in dealing with them. So that's why we have specialized people who that's their only job is to deal with insurance companies. So maybe that's what we, they're talking about, the different layers of, of the process. Um, well, they said that they charge more because they put five layers on where most companies and, and insurance only requires three or four layers, and that's why the insurance companies don't want to pay extra money for additional layers. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, that is not my experience. So I deal with insurance companies day in and day out, and the insurance company has to pay uh, – not has to, but in general, the insurance company pays what you pay to have the work done. The, the, there's a – there's an estimating software. So when in dealing with insurance companies, the um, if you get three different quotes, you're going to get three different opinions as to what needs to be done and three different prices. And so what we do is we use the same insurance, the same software that the insurance company uses. It's not my software. It's not the insurance company's software. It's a third party that says that this is the going rate. This is how it has to be done in this area. And so we typically find that unless it's an upgrade, so unless it's something that you decide to do better, that whatever the insurance company pays, that's that's what we do it for. So because um, the insurance company has to pay the going rate of what it takes to do it right. So I have not found I, – I would have a different experience than, than what it is that you're describing other people are saying. So, okay. Thank you. Yep, no problem. And again, if you want to give my office a call, it's 647-3907. Good luck with that. Thanks. All right. Uh, if you want to take her line, the number here, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. So the the thing is is that understand that, that insurance companies are a business like any other business, right? How insurance companies make money is the same way that all businesses make money, which is that you bring in as much as you can and you pay out as little as you can. I mean, that's how business makes money. We have found that, um, you know, we speak insurance, you know, like we have people who that's, as I said, that's their only job is dealing with insurance companies. And so we find that we don't have, we typically don't have those problems of the insurance company not paying for what they're supposed to pay for. Um, if you have storm damage, the um, most of the time in Florida, we have what's called a replacement cost policy. And uh, most of the time, that means they have to pay what it costs to replace it, right? And so uh, so I typically don't find that we have those issues that you're, that you're describing. Um, now, if there's a, a Many roofing companies are great roofing companies, right? And and I have a lot of friends who are, you know, who are roofing contractors or great roofing contractors, but they just don't have the processes in place to deal with insurance companies. Um, there's a, you know, the insurance companies do have a lot of requirements on paperwork that you give them and when you notify them and what do you do if this happens. And so we find that that, that process is pretty easy and we don't mind doing it. So if there's anything we can do to help, um, uh, again, my phone number is 647-3907. All right, let's go to Tim in Jacksonville. Tim, you're in the house. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, I have a question concerning, in addition, uh, we would like to put on the back of our house uh, for the father-in-law. Um, number one, uh, any recommendations for general contractors? Uh, and two, maybe uh, possible uh, uh, rough costs? Uh, 
that we may incur with this. We're looking at a, a, like a 40 by 20 with a small bathroom addition and a small kitchen, sort of like a small duplex on the back of the house. Okay. So um, if we look at cost of construction, um, it's a it's a you know it's a good kind of um, thing for us to go through here. Gen- average costs and square footage costs, those sort of things. So if let's say that a new house is being built, you're going to find that the const- the cost for construction is going to range between a hundred dollars a square foot and $200 a square foot. Those are going to be the averages. Now, I know that that's a big jump there between those two, but a lot of it depends on the finishes that are chosen. Uh, you know, you have a very simple house that can be built, you know, in the 90 to $100 uh, per square foot range, and then you have, you know, extravagant houses uh, that would be in the, in the 200 and plus range. When it comes to additions, though, it's it's different building a 2,000 square foot house than it is building what you're talking about doing, which is an 800 square foot addition. And so when we look at addition square footage uh, costs, I would say an average would be in the 140 to 150 range would be the average. But a lot of times it depends on what it is that you're putting in there. So here you talked about doing both a kitchen and a bathroom. Well, kitchens and bathrooms are the most expensive per square foot additions because you have appliances, you have cabinets, you have plumbing fixtures, and those are just expensive areas. So you're doing an addition where you're packing into that small addition the most expensive parts of construction, which is bathrooms and kitchens. So whenever you do something like this, I always recommend that you get a, you know quotes from a couple different people. And then whatever number they give you, you always in your brain, you want to set aside between 10 and 15% for just in case. So for example, let's say that you said, okay, I have a $75,000 budget. Let's say that that's what it is. Then you always want to, in your brain, say, okay, I need to set aside on top of that, I need to set aside 10 to 15% for just in case. So if that means 75 is the absolute max you want to pay, you need to not say you have a $75,000 budget. You need to say you have a $65,000 budget so that that way you have that 10 to 15% set aside. I see so many people that get involved in large projects and they don't they end up running out of funding part way or they, they they it ends up costing more because they didn't set aside that 10 to 15%. We know that in remodels and additions and, and construction things happen. Uh, with new construction, you can plan for all that stuff because you're building it from scratch. On additions, there's always something that you run into where the you know, where trying to connect to something else and the the electrical panel has to be replaced or some some uh, item that you just don't know about, but if you would start to budget, I would take that eight hundred dollar uh, or eight hundred square feet, multiply it times one hundred and fifty. That actually comes out to one hundred and twenty thousand. Is what that comes out to. If you budget that, I think that you'll probably be okay. Okay, and I sent an email uh, with some pictures uh, of the back of the house, uh, and wondered if maybe you could reply to that email and maybe attach uh, a list of. Uh general contractors uh, in the area that you know of that are uh, have a good reputation. Perfect. Yep, I, I definitely can do that. Thanks for that email. And I'm, um, uh, I'll, uh, 
I'll check it first part of the week when I'm back into the office. Uh, but I'll I'll get you some uh, some names next week and some comments that I have. Okay, thank you, sir. Great show. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, uh, we need to take a quick break, uh, and then we come back. I have more home improvement talk for you. You're listening in the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Welcome back. Final segment this week's In the House show. Appreciate you joining me today. Got a few minutes left. Want to take as many calls as I can within that area. To get a chance, uh, check out a website, inthehouseshow.com for the radio, and then my company site, universalroofjacks.com. And if you uh, need uh, either window replacement, uh, your roof repaired or replaced, or any siding work done, I'd love to help you with that. Uh, Our office, 647-3907. Again, 647 3907. All right, let's see. Let's go to Joy in Jacksonville. Uh, Joy, how can I help you today? Uh, good morning. Yes, I had a 12 millimeter laminate floating floor with attached padding installed in my house, and this was done under a home renovation loan. Mm-hmm. It was installed over concrete. Mm-hmm. The majority of the floor makes a snap, crackle, and pop sound with almost every step. Mm hmm. Kind of sounds like I'm walking on bubble wrap or crushed glass. Hmm. And the contractor and installer are saying it's normal. Um, Is it raising up in any areas or it's just the noise? Uh, I have the noise. I also have an area where in my dining area where the chairs will wobble. I can stack three quarters under one leg of a stool. Hmm. Um, And it will, as I walk on it, I can feel it pushing down so i mean i'm i'm personally not a big fan of of laminate floating floor for this reason uh, the number one complaint that comes out of it is the is a is a sound complaint number two complaint that comes out of it is is that it you know it raises up and down as you uh as you walk on it um, those are the two most common complaints with a floating laminate floor. Now, they've come a long way in in regards to the um, underlayment systems and padding systems underneath of it that have helped with that. I don't know which brand this is. Um, and don't say it. I don't want you to uh, say the, the name of the company or the name of the brand. I would have um, – I would contact the manufacturer of it directly, and I would see about getting the manufacturer representative – uh, out and I would I would go I would skip the installation and go straight to the manufacturer, and just to make sure that they installed it correctly. Um, sometimes if they if there's not enough if they don't place enough gap or around the outside edge, then as it expands and contracts, uh, you can have buckling or raising in some areas, uh, or if they if the pieces don't click together right, you can have some separation. And so I would go direct to the manufacturer and see if you can get a manufacturer's rep uh, out to take a look at it. All right. I will do that. All right. Good luck with that. Sorry you're going through that for sure. All right. Thanks. Thank you for taking my call. All right. Thanks, Joy. All right. Let's go to Karen in Palm Coast. Uh, Karen, you're in the house. How can we help you? Hi. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Uh, I had had put on uh, a dining room. And what I did is it was it was formerly an open lanai, so I enclosed it in. And in anticipation that I had wanted the flow uh, to go from the kitchen to a level floor in the dining room, I had the contract to pour cement and raise it about four inches. Mm-hmm. But it's still not enough. I'm going to be 
when I do put down a floor, I'm going to be off about between a half and three quarters of an inch. And I know I could probably put in floor leveler, but I think that would cost me a lot. The dining room is 12 by 17, and I didn't know if there was any other options I could use. And I, I just heard your other call, but I am going to be putting down a laminate. And I've had laminate in the past with a very thick underlayment, and I've had success with it, not clacking. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, the key with laminate. It, well, first of all, you can do laminate that is a glue down, and you can do laminate that is uh, that is floating. If you do floating, you want to spend extra money on the underlayment system yeah. because they they have come a long way with the underlayment systems where they're not as uh, hollow sounding. Hers wasn't hollow sounding. Hers, she actually, I think that she has a larger issue, but um, uh, but. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not anti laminate. I just personally prefer you know the engineered or the um, uh, uh, engineered wood or or tile personally. So um, so with the laminate, I mean the thing is is the laminate's going to be the thinnest floor, and so you know you can place like for example, let's say that you were doing engineered, then I would say okay, you could do you know three quarter inch plywood could go down first, and then you put the uh, you know uh, then you put the the floor over the top of it. Or but I think a floor leveler uh, is probably going to be your best bet. Um, is probably going to be your best bet. Uh, or you can just use a floor that is that is thicker. I mean those are really the you know so plywood, thicker floor. Or floor leveler; those are the three options. Good luck with uh, that, Karen. Sorry, I've got it. I'm at thank the end you. of the show. Thank you. Thank you, bye bye. Thank you so thank much for listening today, thanks. everybody. Appreciate it. Show's called in the house every Saturday morning. My business, Universal Roof and Contracting. Love to be a part of your project. Six four seven thirty nine zero seven. Universalroofjacks.com. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. See you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.